It's August the 7th, and this is episode 255. You are invited to join me and my very special guest co-host, Kendra Adachi, to talk about becoming a lazy genius in the areas of life that matter the most. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sort of Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you find conversation, friendship, and community. Whether you found us through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, by the recommendation of a dear friend or from our other show, Awesome Today, it is so awesome that you are here with us. Again, this is episode 255, and today I am visiting with my friend Kendra Adachi, You have most definitely heard of Kendra because she has revolutionized systems for your home, for work, for all kinds of things with her lazy genius approach to, well, life in general. Kendra, hello and welcome to Sorta Awesome. Hi, Meg. You guys, it's like impossible to hear Meg talk without smiling. Like you just (laughs) make people smile. I'm just sitting here like, oh, this is so like I just could hear Meg talk all day. It's so great. Oh my goodness. That is so kind of you to say. I know that people are going to be smiling so much listening to your wisdom that we have so much ground to cover today. I do have to tell you before we get started, I know that so many of your hacks and tricks and tips for life have made a huge difference in the lives of our awesome community. One of the top ways being your lazy genius chicken that you do. <laughs> the change your life chicken. Yes. Change your life chicken. That's change what it is. Chicken. No, here's the thing. Everybody calls it different stuff. It's like <laughs> save your life chicken, change your life chicken, Kendra's chicken, lazy genius chicken. Yes. There are kids who just call it the chicken. Like their moms are like, <laughs> they DM me and they say, we're having the chicken, all caps. That's what my kids call it. It will, as I say, there will be a chicken etched on my tombstone. It is my legacy, <laughs> that recipe. <laughs> Your gift to the world summed up in a fantastic one pan chicken dinner, which I have made for my family many times. And you know what? It never fails. So there's that. So glad. Well, as you all might know, Kendra does have a book coming out this month, The Lazy Genius Way. I cannot wait to dig in, Kendra, and let's talk about your book here in just a little bit. And you're going to even do a little bit of lazy genius work with me live on the air, as I guess they used to say in radio. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to get to that here in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. This is the moment in the show where we take just a minute to talk about the TV shows or books or movies, podcasts, products, whatever it is that's making life just a little bit more awesome this week. So Kendra, I cannot wait to hear what you brought for the awesomes for your awesome of the week. My awesome of the week is a comedy special. It is Mike Berbiglia's newest comedy special, and it's called The New One, which is one of the things I love. Like he's like, (laughs) let's just call it The New One. That sounds fine. Very straightforward. Yes. Very straightforward. It is on Netflix. It's a little over an hour. And if you're unfamiliar with Mike Birbiglia, he is kind of a storytelling comedian. Yeah. He do like jokes. He just tells stories that have heart and they're also funny. And his presentation is very, very unique. He's kind of a curmudgeonly guy, even though he's like barely 40. I don't know. He's just got like a really lovely perspective. And I just love him. But the newest one is about how he has always said he never wants to have children. And when he got married, he told his wife, like, we're not having children. And she was like, yeah, I don't want children either. But then she changed her mind and he became a dad. And it's not really what you think. Like, it's not like she was born. And then I was like, this is amazing. It wasn't that. So it's very human and hilarious. And there are a couple of times that it feels really cringy. But my husband and I watched it together like last week, maybe. And we were both like, that was one of the best things that we've seen in such a long time. Like it was just really, really lovely. So I highly, highly recommend the new one on Netflix by Mike. Yeah, that's so great. I don't know that I've ever watched one of his comedy specials, but I have read, I feel like I've read a number of his like essays. I feel like he's a kind of a comedy essayist and he is. Yeah. I always feel, I mean, he's just one of those people that is so funny and also so smart. 
So I can't believe I've never actually watched him, you know, sort of perform comedy or do stand up or anything like that. And so I definitely am going to check that out for sure. And it sounds like something, like you said, that maybe couples can enjoy together, like especially mm-hmm. if you are parents. For sure. Because he sort of talks about like how he sees parenting before he becomes a parent. And then Mm. after there's some stuff about when his wife is pregnant and him responding to like her cravings, like it's all very real, but somehow you don't know what's coming, you know, like it's still very fresh. Good, good, good. Well, we will definitely put a link in the show notes for that. So people can go and find it and check it out if they want to. So thank you for that. I mean, definitely listen, who doesn't need a laugh? right now. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) For sure. Okay. Well, my awesome of the week this week is, well, it kind of fits in the theme of being a lazy genius. These are the purifying facial towelettes from Rooted Beauty. Kendra, I have been looking for a makeup removing wipe for... I'm going to say at least seven years because I remember when I went to the hospital to have the twins Seven years ago, I was packing my bag and I was like, you know what would be so helpful are just those wipes that you just do on the face. I have tried so many brands and for some reason, my skin rejects them all. <laughs> it's such a bummer. You know, I'm trying to find just like some nights you don't want to do the whole skincare routine with the cleansing and the serums and all the things, especially in the summer, right? Like who right. even has the energy right, for that? Totally. But I've tried brand after brand and they would either leave my face like totally broken out. I've actually gotten skin rashes on my face from some of the ones that I've tried. So that's been a huge bummer. But, you know, sometimes good stuff comes into our life in the most ridiculous of ways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Most good things come into our lives in kind of ridiculous ways. I would agree with that. That feels very accurate. So I had put in an order at Grove for a long time, Grove.co customers, and I put in enough stuff, probably a lot of like hand sanitizer stuff. <laughs> I qualified for a free <laughs> gift and I was like, oh, let's try some face wipes. I had no hopes for these actually working. I honestly got them for my daughters because they're always wanting, you know, it's like a makeup remover wipe. You know, they don't need to do all of the like anti-aging repair work that I do when I do my skincare at night. So I kind of thought maybe they would use them. Well, they came in our order and I, one night was just so tired at the end of the day. I thought instead of doing all of my whole routine, I'm just going to grab one of these and used it. And to my utter delight and surprise, these are the makeup remover face cleansing wipes that I have been looking for. And again, they were free in my Grove order. <laughs> so <laughs> that worked out great. Don't you love it? That almost felt like a rom-com moment where you're like, these? Are the face wipes <laughs> I've been looking for. They were under yes. my nose the whole time. The whole <laughs> time. Yes, it was. It was my little meat cute with my forever <laughs> face wipes that I've been so looking good. for. There's something so beautiful about finding a forever product. Because yes. you know, when you find yes. it, you're like, oh, this is what it is. Like you make that sound like you just did. Like, yes, this is what it is. <laughs> and it's such a gift. Like, I think that's like a secret life goal. Is to just find all my forever products and then just live my life. I like, I'll be so happy. (laughs) Exactly. And that's why I'm saying this totally fits into the lazy genius way of doing things. First of all, finding that one thing that you're like, you know what? I don't have to look anymore. I can take this off of my list. This takes up no more mental real estate in my mind. I have found the thing. And then if you can find something that's going to cut out a few steps in your life, then all the better. So Yeah. Anyway, again, these are from Rooted Beauty. You can find them on Amazon and I'm sure some other places as well, anywhere that carries the Rooted Beauty line. Again, I found them at Grove. Grove is a past sponsor of Sorta Awesome. I don't know if our code still works or not. I'll throw it in the show notes just in case. But anyway, highly, highly recommend their purifying facial towelettes. Towelettes reminds me of like if I've gone to like the rib crib and (laughs) I'm going to get real messy with some barbecue. The Rib Crib. That must be a restaurant. And that is a fantastic name for a restaurant. Yeah. That's not like a chain, though. I've never heard of Rib Crib, Meg. They very well be an Oklahoma thing. I feel like there's a couple of variations of Rib Crib idea around here. So (laughs) clearly, we do not do our ribs like our version of that around here because I'm in North Carolina. Yes. Barbecue, which I know in some parts of the country, that's like a verb is you barbecue. But here it is a food. And so ribs are like under the barbecue umbrella, but most of the time it's like pulled pork stuff. And so I think that's what they call it is pulled pork stuff. (laughs) They 
just said that's that. The, like, that is, <laughs> mm-hmm, that's the technical term for it. You're right. You're such a foodie, Kendra. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm curious. In North Carolina, do you do like a, so you're talking about doing barbecue on the ribs. Do you do like a sauced rib or your ribs like straight from the smoker? What's the rib experience in North Carolina? You know, I actually don't know because I okay. like sauced ribs. And okay. so I could say like, that's the thing is things that are like traditional for wherever. Yeah. I don't even really know because I don't eat ribs unless they're sauce ribs. I like a good, saucy, sweet, spicy, sticky rib. None of this dry rub stuff. So it right? does sound yeah. good. I need someone <laughs> to make it for me because I don't really do ribs very often. I have a recipe for ribs, like mm-hmm. oven ribs on my yeah. website. I think because my kids, they don't like to get messy. They're very strange with food. And so it mm-hmm. just feels like it is so work. much work for them to just stare at it. Yes, totally. I absolutely agree. So totally get it. Anyway, that's what Talette's always reminds me of. I feel like I'm about to eat some barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure you could use these post barbecue too. Okay. Anyway, those are our awesomes of the week. You guys, every week we are always talking about Awesome of the Week over on Instagram Friday mornings. You can find us over there at Sorta Awesome Show and tell us what is awesome in your life. Or if you haven't already, please do come and join us in our Facebook group. We have an awesome community of women, over 5,000 women who show up a lot in real time to support each other through all of the ups and downs of life. And so if you haven't joined us, please come find us over there. Again, every Friday, we're talking awesomes of the week, but we have all kinds of conversations in that group. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash sort of awesome hangout. Hey, awesomes, with all that is going on in the world right now, a lot of us, including myself, are feeling anxious, stressed, or depressed. And I know it can be hard finding a doctor to talk to, especially right now. That's why I'm so excited to recommend Plush Care. Plush Care knows your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Their primary care physicians are here for you seven days a week to help you start feeling better as soon as possible. In addition to being primary care physicians who handle ongoing and urgent care, they also treat a wide range of common mental health issues like anxiety, depression, stress, or even if you're just having trouble sleeping. So if you're feeling down, worried, or not like yourself, you can book a same-day appointment and see a plush care doctor right from the comfort of your home using your phone or your computer. They're going to discuss treatment options with you and have your prescription sent to your local pharmacy as needed. Plush Care accepts most major insurance carriers and is available in all 50 states in the U.S. Plush Care makes it easier than ever to take care of yourself inside and out. Start your membership today. Go to plushcare.com awesome to start your free 30-day trial. That's P-L-U-S-H-C-A-R-E dot com slash awesome for a free 30-day trial. Plushcare.com slash awesome. All right, Kendra, I cannot wait to really dig in and talk about, first of all, the lazy genius way. And I really want to start with just this pretty basic question because I don't think I even know this part of the story. When did you really realize that you kind of were a a genius, maybe a lazy genius, but you know, you had these ideas and like, when did you realize like, oh my God, I think this is a thing in my life. Tell us the story of how the whole like lazy genius movement was born. Well, I've always tried to be a genius. Like Mm -hmm. uh, that's sort of been my origin story for much of my life of thinking like, okay, well, I need to do everything right. I need to be good and the best. And all Mm -hmm. of this in order for this to count. And some of that is like personality. Some of that is, you know, history, like family history and different things. But ultimately how it came out in my actions was if I didn't think I could be the best at something, I just didn't do it. Oh, gosh, I relate to that a thousand percent. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. it's not a super fun way to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's very tiring. But I thought, well, this is what's going to make people like me or stay, or Mm. I'm going to feel like a good person or, you know, whatever. And so I was a genius for years and years and years. And then I had my first child and he is 10 now. My oldest is 10. But when I had Sam, I was like, kept trying to be a genius, which is really hard to do when Mm -hmm. you have a baby, but I didn't know any other way. And he was a really, really hard baby, like a very, very difficult baby. Yep. And so then my second Ben was born two years later like almost to the day. And 
that's kind of when I swung from the side of like, be a genius and try hard at everything to just give up. Like you can't do any of this. So just give up. Like who even cares? Mm -hmm. So that was when it was like, we just like, we only ate brown food and I didn't put makeup on ever. You know, just kind of all the things that you're doing to survive, I suppose. Yeah, survival you have mode, for sure. Little kids, exactly. Yeah. And, but I also was like, my house is a wreck all the time. I don't care. Like everything was just very like, I don't care, whatever. I'm not going to try because I can't do it. Yes. But I did not realize I was still tired from that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I thought, okay, wait a minute. So not caring because I actually care very deeply. There are certain things mm. I do care about. And I was just throwing everything out at the same time and thought it was bad to care. Yeah. And then my daughter was born. She's four years old. I know that. I don't have to wonder about that. <laughs> she is four, but she was born four years later and she was a surprise for us. And mm-hmm. after Ben, when my kids were like five and three, I think it was just around then that I started to go like, all right, I really do care about some things. And I really enjoy finding systems that work for me, but yeah. I don't have to find systems about everything. And I just started to pay attention to kind of the women in my life and the women on the internet because I was still writing on the internet, but not about this at that time. I was writing about, like I started out with a food blog and I taught cooking classes in my house. Okay. And then I moved into a website that was called Box Up the Happy. And it was a blog that was about desserts and celebrities. Okay. So it was basically like Jude Law and cupcakes. I made cumber cookies. I made cookies inspired by Benedict Cumberbatch and call them cumber cookies. I love this concept. It was a whole niche. It was like a situation, but it was really hard as I was sort of transitioning into this place and sort of seeing basically women were like, I love coming to this space because my life is so tiring. I am so tired by everything. And it's just fun to come here and laugh. And I realized like, why is everybody so tired and connecting the dots? And then that is when the Lazy Genius Collective was born, where I wanted to give permission to women to care about the things you want to care about and then let go of the things that you don't. Like, it's really okay to care. Like, I always come to the example of lipstick. Mm, you think you are we speaking wear... my language now. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. We think somehow that if we wear lipstick, no, no, that's not true of everybody. I thought for myself, if I wear lipstick, I am going to look like I'm trying too hard. I look like I care about my appearance a lot. And in order for me to be seen as an authentic, vulnerable person, I need to be falling apart. Vulnerability and chaos held hands. Lipstick and faking it also held hands. Well, this is fascinating. Those things are not true. And I think a lot of people see it that way. And so it was just like, no, there's no moral value on lipstick, guys. We can just like wear (laughs) lipstick. It's totally fine. But I think that there are things like that. There are these like very, very specific examples where we think that if we care about that thing, then people are going to assume that we are trying too hard, that we are not actually being real, that we are not being vulnerable. Well, you're just, you care too much about how you look or you cook dinner like a homemade dinner for your family every single night. Like you must look down at me and my fast food. Exactly. We're, like we're yeah. always comparing each other based on our choices. And I'm just like, can we all just make our own personal choices based on what we care about? And we can be a genius about those things. We can take steps. We can spend time. We can learn and dig in and whatever. And we can let the rest go. But none of it is a judgment on anyone else's choices. And so that, that is where the lazy yeah. I'm just like over here, like pumping my fist in the air. Yes, I'm so on board with this. You know, we kind of have this conversation sometimes it'll pop up and I'm going to use one example that will come up from time to time, like cute kid lunches in like the bento boxes that are like lunches that are like works of art. And sometimes, you know, that conversation might come up in our awesome community and some people have some really, you know, maybe snarky feelings about it, like, oh my gosh, who would even take the time to do this? I can't imagine having enough free time to do my kids' lunches this way. And then, you know, thankfully we've had other people come in to continue the conversation on and say like, you know, it seems like for this person, that's just something that is a fun creative outlet for them. Maybe that's their big creative expression for the whole day is making a really cute lunch. And it's not even about what if the kid, you know, is like, oh yeah, look at my pretty lunch. It's for the woman herself. 
being like, I am a creative person. I don't have a lot of outlets, but I can make this lunch look real cute and I'm going to put it on the internet. And just being able to, as you just said, receive what people are doing without it being a personal attack on us, I think is just such a huge moment of growth for every individual, you know, sort of on their journey in life. So yeah, I'm totally tracking. I mean, I think the internet and like, I think it would change drastically if we kind of removed that Mm -hmm. snark from judging other people's choices. And then like you just said, deep down, like letting that inform judgment of our own, you know, because we see, yeah, exactly what you said. We see those lunches and we are like, I would never do that. Mm -hmm. But deep down, we're like, should I be doing that? Or I wish I was doing that. Or I can never do that. Or like, it just becomes like so heavy. Right. When really we can just be like, make those lunches and mm-hmm. here's what I do for my kids. And we don't have to downplay or upplay or compare so aggressively like we do. I think things would just drastically change. And that's one of the things I hope for with this book is that we can just yes. like care about what we want to care about. And mm-hmm. like, it's cool. We can still be friends and it's fine. Absolutely. Yes. Let's talk about what this has looked like in your actual life. So you kind of found yourself putting together this practice for yourself first. And then have been sharing it and, you know, in a lot of ways, virtually mentoring other people on this path for a while. But let's talk about your own life. What are some of the biggest victories that you yourself have really experienced personally in finding systems and solving problems? And, you know, because this is really the driving mission, I think, of your book is that finding more fulfillment in the rhythms of daily life. Yes. I think that the biggest victory is part of me wants to say like in finding systems that worked for me and, you know, whatever. But honestly, it's more about realizing that systems can't save me. Mm. Like systems aren't the goal. Okay. Systems are fantastic. And half of the book is systems. Like I'm Uh, here for building (laughs) systems that make sense. Yeah. But I think sometimes we build systems really, really big. We apply them to areas of our lives that actually just need like a breath and rest. They don't really need a big machine to power them. They don't need to be powered at all. Just things like that. And so I think that the biggest learning, and it does feel like a victory in so many ways, because it is a foundational thing for me, is that systems cannot save me. Systems cannot save us. So for example, like, you know, you have like a pantry, you work all Saturday, and you take everything out of your pantry, and you put it in cute containers, or whatever you want to do, And you're so happy with it. And you think this is going to making lunches and snacks and all the things better. And almost to a point of like, this is going to make the culture around our table and in our kitchen so much more positive. I'm so excited for the culture around food to be like, not so stressful. Yeah. And then two days later, if you're lucky, right, things are still in their containers and a kid did not like rip open the cereal box sideways, like your system falls apart. But then what we do when the system falls apart is we say, well, we will never have this kind of culture around food. Snack time will never be easy. I will never open my pantry and feel like my kitchen is organized. And it becomes again, like a moral judgment on ourselves that these things are not going to happen. When the reality is, if you start, you're going in the wrong order. If you start with what matters, what matters here in this kitchen, even just about snack time, like what matters about snack time? To me, it matters that my kids are not like, gosh, mom needs to chill out. You know, that I'm not like taking my aggression out on the upside down cereal box on them. That I'm just like, we're just being people here and having a snack. And isn't this lovely to connect right now over like cheese sticks or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That's what matters. Now, you might be able to create sort of a pantry system that can support that, but really that's the thing that matters. The system is not going to save that. Remembering what matters is what saves it. And so that just sort of then takes the pressure off the system. Let the system just be a system. So that's for sure my biggest victory is that learning. And I still have to remind myself of that, but I say it all the time. It's like a little mantra. I'm like, the system cannot save you, Kendra. Systems cannot save you. Systems cannot save you. <laughs> that is so good and actually so powerful for me to hear because I'm sort of like, I'm not to where I would like to be with systems. And so I often, my shaming is that if I had better systems, then my life would, you know, kind of look more like this. 
instead of starting with the like, okay, this is what matters right here. And then using that, I get just tangled up in the fact of like, you know, I don't have a good system for this. And so, you know, like going into that whole thought spiral that you were just saying, but that is so good to remember too, that on, you know, wherever we are on the spectrum, if we're just believing that the systems are going to be our ultimate savior, lift us up out of the crazy, that it's going to probably break down at some point. So. And it really just turns you into a robot. Yeah. In so many ways. It just sucks the soul out of life because your life is serving the system rather than the system serving your life. Yeah. We just need to flip it. We've got all the pieces. We just got to put them in the right order. That makes so much sense. Well, let's kind of talk about the other side of this because we definitely are all about confessions here on Sort of Awesome. You know, you were talking about wanting to be a vulnerable person. And I have to say one thing I super love and appreciate about your book, The Lazy Genius Way, is that you are self-deprecating in the best way to where the reader, I as a reader, even somebody who knows you personally, I'm just like tracking with you because you're so honest about things that have worked, things that have not worked. So if you had to confess an ongoing issue that's in your life right now, maybe because of like quarantine life, pandemic life, or, you know, other developments that have come along the way that you just haven't landed on quite the right solution for yet, what would that be? It would be preparing my children to be adults. (laughs) (laughs) You and me both, sister. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. And that has been, the lack of that has been sort of exacerbated in quarantine. Uh, Like I see other people, you know, this is a great time. You know, kids are taking like online cooking classes and There are like projects and kids are learning skills and like all these things. And we barely do chores, barely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Again, my kids are 10, eight and four. They do like one or two things a day. They do like we tidy as a family. We tidy their rooms on occasion because we don't make them do that every day because that doesn't matter because they build all these elaborate things that last for like forever. Mm -hmm. So take your dishes to the kitchen after dinner and you know, stuff like that. But we have to still tell them all those things all the time. They're not like noticing or responsible. Mm -hmm. But my kids don't know how to like clean bathrooms. They don't know how to do laundry. They don't cook stuff. My oldest son really can barely open a cereal box without turning it into, you know, 12 different pieces. And, you know, sometimes I look at him and I'm like, good Lord, he is going to college in eight years. I need to get going. Like, I just don't, you know, the responsibility of turning them into adults. But I just got to be honest with you, Meg, it is exhausting to me to do that. It absolutely sucks me dry. That's the end of the answer. That is my confession is like, I am not preparing my children to be adults. I know I will, like eventually, it's going (laughs) to happen. I haven't said that for a really long time. Mm -hmm. It does matter. I just just don't think it matters right now. I just don't, I don't have the margin in my life or the desire to make it matter right now. And if I hold that as a source of shame, then I'm just Mm -hmm. going to like build a big system to turn my kids into Uh functioning adults before they're 12 and run us all into the ground and hate each other doing it. And so I've just kind of had to like, let it go right now. Like, it's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But that is definitely it. My kids could not survive on their own with like under no circumstances. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I relate to that so hard, except that my kid's oldest daughter just this summer turned 15 and a half. And it sort of hit me like an electric shock. Like we're on the three-year countdown. And she also, not great on life skills. So. We actually have used this quarantine time with our older girls. Again, they're 15 and almost 13. And so they are learning some systems. But listen, Kendra, it has taken us this long to get to the point where we're like, okay, now we start teaching the systems. And it is so labor intensive on the front end. The teaching, even today, and my oldest has been doing laundry for, I don't know, probably two months now. Even today, she's double checking with me. Okay, so towels have to go on what? And then just like, oh, I've gone over this a million times. <laughs> just, I'll just go down there and do it myself, you know? This is not that hard. <laughs> just, but yes. we forget, like you said, like I've done this a million times. We've said it a million times because we've done it a million times. Yes. And so it's easy for us to remember that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like one of the principles in the Lazy Genius Way, because it's a book of principles. It's not a book of like rules and system. It's tools for you to build your own system. And the one that I pull out the most for myself is to be kind to myself. And it's kind of like, I also want to be kind to my kids. And I know you feel the same. It's like I catch myself sometimes hold my children responsible for the fact 
that they are not going back to school because of a pandemic. I'm like holding it against them. And so the more I'm kind to myself and notice that like, no, 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 hey, let's put this into perspective. Let's remember what matters here. It helps me do that with them as well. Because I've done that so many times. I'm like, Sam, why are you sticking the toilet brush in the sink? What are you doing? We've talked about this. That's not what happens. What are you doing? What are you doing? Like panicking and be like, just give it to me. Yes. So I get it. I feel that so much. Yep. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I think you still have plenty of time. So there's that. (laughs) Okay. Now on Sort of Awesome, we love to talk about personality stuff, especially the Enneagram. Some of our biggest and most popular episodes have been really, really dialed into Enneagram stuff. So Kendra, I know you are an Enneagram one. I am super interested to hear, and I think you've kind of alluded to this in some of our conversation already, but as you reflect on being an Enneagram one, which first, before I ask you this question, are you an Enneagram one who likes the Enneagram or are you sort of Enneagram resistant? I actually really appreciate that question, Meg. Yeah. I love the Enneagram. Oh, good. Personally, I absolutely love it. I think the thing that makes me hesitant to often talk about it, like publicly, is because like you just asked, the sensitivity with which you just asked that, I know that a lot of people are very resistant to it and for understandable reasons. But I also think the thing that frustrates me about being a one in our current culture around Mm -hmm. the Enneagram is diminutive. What's the word where you shrink something down to one thing? I think that's it. Yes. Diminutive. Uh Uh-huh. That aspect of ones of just being like, they're just organized and yeah. um, kind of like uptight and yeah. they're yeah, really yeah, good yeah. to help you organize a closet and whatever. And it just feels, I'm ready for the culture to take the next step into the Enneagram, yes. which is yes. to realize that your type is a construct. It is yes. not who you are. It is a construct. And so I love to talk to people about it who are not stuck in the meme, the oh meme my culture of it. Yes. Thank you. That makes me very, very happy. <laughs> Yes. Well, I do think the Enneagram meme culture is very reductive. It really does. It just... That's the word. Good job. That's the word. Thank you so much for that. It really does just pick one possible attribute of each type and really drill down into it. And so, you know, as a nine, I'm over here feeling super sensitive about the idea that we're always heading off for a nap somewhere or that we've slept through something important. (laughs) I'm like, I only nap if I'm pregnant or sick. So leave me alone about the naps. Anyway. I do know some people, I think too, that we may have reached a tipping point in Enneagram culture because there hasn't been a lot of emphasis on like what this can bring to our life that's positive. So I do wonder if some people are just like, you know, I know I'm this type and I just simply don't want to talk about this part of my life anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Totally. So I'm going to ask you this question anyway, though. (laughs) No, ask it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Well, again, I do think you've kind of touched on this already, but what impact do you think that your oneness has had on the way you've really developed this lazy genius mindset and way of living through the years? It definitely was the thing that made me think I needed to be a genius at first, you know, because ones Mm -hmm. believe so strongly that their value is in being good and Mm -hmm. doing things the right way. And the name is the perfectionist, you know, like, which I hate, by the way, but that's fine. So, but I think as I have sort of moved through a lot of this work, and it's been a little over four, it's been about four and a half years since I started the Lazy Genius Collective. And it's so funny because I have so many people who identify as ones who follow me, which I love because I think there is a freedom, such a freedom, and we need to be given permission, all of us, no matter who you are, what type you identify as, all of it, that we need permission that we can trust ourselves. We can choose. We can kind of let go of the things that everyone else is sort of telling us are need to be important. But we're like, I don't think that's very important to me. But no one really gives us permission to do that, you know, to like choose for ourselves and trust our own voice in that and or to even give us the permission to be like, yeah, you can care about your house being clean. Like do it. Mop your floors, organize your kids' toys, like name your label maker, like do it, but only do it if it is coming from a place of what truly matters to you, not from a place of trying to fit into a mold of what someone else thinks your life is supposed to look like. 
And so I think that's where we get stuck as we're just like, well, I'm supposed to make my bed every day. I'm staying, I'm in my room. I'm recording in my bedroom mm-hmm. because I don't have an office and right? it's everyone's home. And so this, you yeah. just put your desk in the quietest corner of the house that you can find. Yeah. And so I'm looking at my bed right now and I was, cause I was about to be like, I'm supposed to make my bed. I cannot remember the last time I made my bed. I can't remember. Really? No, I can't remember. This is shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, I can. And see, and that's the thing is like people assume that like, oh, your house is like, yes, got to be always clean. You know, But guess what? My bed being made doesn't matter to me. Mm, like it doesn't matter. Yes. Mm-hmm. What, it doesn't serve a purpose for me. I do want my room to feel like welcoming. But right now, my bedroom has my desk. I'm doing some stuff for my book in another part of the house where a lot of our like overflow would go as we're like processing and putting things away, you know, kind of the triage. Every house has like a triage area. Well, definitely. We have had to make my bedroom kind of a triage area because there's a Mm. project going on in our regular triage area. Yes. Well, guess what? My bedroom being like this haven and sanctuary, I remember Oprah telling me that I shouldn't have a TV in my room. <laughs> I remember because, that too. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I was like, <laughs> Oprah, I love you. Do not take my bedroom television away. <laughs> but guess what? For Oprah, it matters to her that her bedroom is like a sanctuary and a spa and that nothing touches it. Mm-hmm. it that doesn't matter to me. It just doesn't matter to me. And so I'm only going to put my energy into tasks that support what matters. If making your bed matters because you love the way your room feels when your bed is made, make your bed, love your bed, like do it without like having to justify it or whatever, but it doesn't matter to me. And so I don't do it. Absolutely. I don't remember what we were talking about. Oh, being an Enneagram one. Right. right yeah. So that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's like, that's the piece of it that I really just want to, I'm learning for myself to let go of trying to do every single thing the best it can be and optimizing every single thing. Because that tendency that I have, that shadow of myself was a construct to protect myself from the chaos in my life. If I can keep everything together on the inside and the outside within my own control, then maybe it would have a positive impact on the fact that my parents were incredibly unhappy and that my dad was abusive and that we didn't have any money and that like all these different things. So I was sort of carrying all that on my own little shoulders. Well, guess what? That is just, all that did was translate into my adulthood of like, have a cleaning calendar, have a closet that's organized by color like all of these things have the most well-stocked pantry, according to Real Simple and whatever, Mm -hmm. like checking off all of these boxes to optimize my life the way it's supposed to look. And it's like, no, 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 I'm still doing the same thing that my like little nine-year-old self was doing and trying to maintain control. I don't have to do that anymore. Let's just choose what matters, put energy into it if we want to, let it go if we don't want to. And then that's how we get stuff done because we're not wasting our energy on what doesn't matter. Well, that is fantastic. That is very invigorating. And it really speaks to the health. I think that you are in, you know, just with who you are as a person, I think some of it comes with age too. Like we eventually get to the age where we realize whatever those coping mechanisms were that we formed in childhood, they were for childhood. They're not serving us anymore. And maybe they haven't been for a while and we can kind of bust out of that and, you know, really lean into what serves us as adults. Again, I think so much of your message in your work and that's encapsulated in the book really does allow people to look for those points of connection and engagement and fulfillment in life. So good, Kendra. This is good stuff. All right. Well, speaking of good stuff, I'm really excited for what's coming up next. Kendra is going to take one of my ongoing issues and apply a little lazy genius magic to it. And we're going to get to that in just a few minutes after this break from our sponsors. Hey friends, if you know me at all, you know that I actually really do not love wearing socks. That's one of the biggest reasons why I love summer, but I have to tell you, I absolutely do love Bombas. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They have literally rethought every little detail of the socks we wear to make them way more comfortable. Every single person in my house absolutely loves Bombas. 
even for someone like me who hates socks, I love the way Bombas fit. I love the style and I super love the quality. They hold up to wash after wash for years. But these socks do more than keep feet cozy. They help give back to the most vulnerable members of our community. Because for every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 34 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of over 3,000 giving partners. And the impact is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, a small comfort that's especially important right now. So give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash awesome. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash awesome for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash awesome. Awesomes these days, all of us need a little something to look forward to, right? I know that for myself, sometimes it is that glass of wine at the end of the day that I find myself looking forward to so much. Of course, with First Leaf, I get personalized boxes of wine shipped right to my door. And so I know when the last child is tucked into bed around here, the bottle I open is going to be perfectly picked for me. So with First Leaf, you start by taking a quick quiz to assess your wine drinking preferences. Then First Leaf sends you six expertly picked bottles of wine based on your answers. And here is the cool part. First Leaf uses your ratings and your feedback to refine your future shipments. Just give each bottle a thumbs up or a thumbs down online and First Leaf is going to take care of the rest. You can also choose what types of wine you want in your next box. First Leaf updates their inventory every month. So there is always something new for us to try. From South Africa to Italy to California and so many places in between, we have gotten to try so many wines that we never would have picked at the store for ourselves. Plus, I love that Firstly, subscriptions are super flexible. We can choose when and how often we get shipments, and Firstly has a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you receive a bottle you aren't into, Firstly is going to cover the cost. So sign up today to get six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping. Just go to try firstleaf.com slash awesome. And you're going to get six bottles of wine for only $29.95 at tryfirstleaf.com slash awesome. Okay, we are back. Kendra, are you ready to tackle one of my ongoing? I had to really think about, I have so many, Kendra. (laughs) (laughs) What could I have you help me think through? I gave you two choices. Yes, I have my choice. Yeah, you do. You get to pick. So the first one is something that I have talked about on Sword of Awesome before, a constant ongoing struggle for me. This has been in my life since the day I was a brand new, shiny, newlywed, 21 years old setting up a house for the first time, my husband and I, the paperwork, just beast that is mail clutter. Of course, when you have kids, then it's school clutter, all of the paper clutter. I have tried so many kind awesomes have sent me like, oh, you should try this. You should try that. I've tried so many solutions. Can't find one that I stick with. So that was the first scenario. The second one is a little bit more recent to quarantine. As a public school mom, I was had gotten used to having chunks of time with no children underfoot, even though that of course did change when Nico was born. But with five kids home all the time, I am the least productive, Kendra, that I've ever been in my whole entire life. And so I could definitely use some help figuring out what a dedicated work space in the day, not just a physical space, but like an actual carving out of time might look like. So I gave you those two options. I'm super curious, which one do you want to help me tackle? I think we should do paper. Okay, because let's do paper. Paper, it's, paper feels it's 20 years like, past time. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to do paper because I actually think that we can legit like maybe change your life when it comes to paper today. I really think we can okay, do perfect. that. I think we can lazy let's genius your paper situation. Awesome. So my first question to you is, and I think I already know the answer, but just to clarify for all of us and for yourself, what is it that matters to you about how your paper exists in your house? Is it that it all has a place to go? Is it that you know when you're supposed to, is it a timing thing of when you need to handle the paper? Is it just the fact that like, it's always there? Like, what is it about what matters about getting to the bottom of your paper situation? Yes. I think that the primary thing is I currently am systemless. And so when I go to put my hand on or to dig up a piece of paper that I know is here somewhere, I can't, I don't know where it is because there's a couple of hot spots where paper accumulates. There's a couple of permanent places where I just shove like income tax return, shove it in the drawer, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. 
And then also because of that, something that matters to me is that I miss things. So like, again, we're not in real-time school right now, but during a regular school year, you know, it's like, oh, that flyer came home and it had this important information or this permission slip. And so I spend so much time and energy just looking for things and it feels really chaotic and frustrating to me. Okay. I have so much adrenaline going through my body right now because- Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. We are like legitimately going to fix this. Like- Okay. There's not, again, I said before, like systems can't save you. But this one can. But, like this is going to come really <laughs> close. This one's going to come really close, Meg. It really, really is. And I'm so okay. excited. Okay. So here's my beginning suggestion. Okay. So again, the book is broken up into principles. And the principle that I want us to just like really, really focus on here is batching. Okay. okay to batch it. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal with paper. We all know this, like every single piece of paper that comes into our house, it has to go through the process of being sorted. You have to decide what you're going to do with it. You know, like you have to like look at it and go, what is this for? When do I need to do this thing? And then like you have to put it somewhere at the end, like once its job has, you know, it's done its job or whatever. And because here's the thing, different kinds of paper go through different speeds of that process. And so what happens when you put all of the same papers into one catch-all pile, it becomes so overwhelming and you don't really do anything with any of it because it all has different needs. So here's here's what I want to do. Exactly true. Here's what we're going to do is I want you to create zones in your house And it can still be in the catch-all spot or whatever. Like it can still be there. But I want there to be a way for you to have places that catch the papers that fall into the following categories. And these are categories that most people in our life stage have. So the first stage or the first zone is the time-sensitive zone. So these are things like bills. RSVPs, those permission slips you talked about, you know, like things that have a date attached to them. Okay. Those all need to go in one place on their own. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Then what you can do, and honestly, Meg, another principle is to start small. Honestly, if you just did this, yes. If you just put the time sensitive things in their own spot and just let everything else kind of accumulate, it would still make a difference. You don't have to deal with every single paper. Like if you just did this, it would make a big difference. Oh my gosh. So if you have a time sensitive zone, so anything that has a Mm -hmm. date attached to it, put it in one place, then you can set a timer, like an alarm on your phone to go off every two weeks to remind you, like just have it repetitive on your whatever. And every two weeks, you just batch it. You do it all at once. You put the dates in the calendar, you sign the slips, you pay the bills, whatever it is. And so nothing gets lost. All those time sensitive things get taken care of and you have a rhythm, you have a place for them to land and you have a time to take care of them all at once. And really it takes like 10 minutes. Oh my gosh. Maybe. Kendra, this is brilliant. I told you I've tried a lot of systems. I've never tried this though. This is so good. So you can just do that with that. And again, the rest of it, you don't have to worry about. But let me give you a couple others in case you want to add on after you kind of have your time sensitive zone. Perfect. So after the time sensitive zone, I want you to think about, (laughs) in my own house, I call it the recycling zone. And that really is just things that like, when we bring in a stack of mail and there's a flyer that you don't really care about, there's a catalog that you're like, I mean, I kind of want to be a catalog person and maybe I'll look through it when I'm bored, you know, whatever. And it all stays in the pile Mm -hmm. and it just clogs up the pile. So guess what? Just like, go ahead and put it in recycling. Like when you walk in your house with your mail, with your receipts, like even this, like if you are a person who you're like, I should keep all of my like grocery receipts because I should be a person who tracks my budget like this, okay? Well, guess what? If you don't have the budget in place and if you don't have a tracking system in place, you're just keeping trash. Oh, yeah. Like those receipts don't do you any good. Right. So like there are so many papers in our lives that we're like, I should keep this, right? Yes. No, you shouldn't. If you have to ask yourself the question, just recycle it. Just put or put it in the trash. Like if you don't recycle, like just 
It's only noise. It's only causing problems. So just let it go. Oh my gosh, yes. If you have to ask, or if there's a should attached to it somehow, then yeah, it's probably not it's not going to be worth keeping. So it's not going to be worth keeping. It's so liberating. I'm with you on the catalog thing. Like I always think like, oh, I should, you know, I just want to maybe see what the current like trends are. What is this line carrying these days? I should hang on to this so I can look at it later. No, ma'am. No, I put it in the stack and then it's gone forever into the abyss. And I never even think about it again, except for when I held it in my hand, when it came in from the mailbox. Yeah. And one thing I've learned about catalogs and stuff like that as well, and that's a rule around in my own life, I do have a should rule. If mm-hmm. I'm like, I should do this, right? I'm like, nope. The answer is almost always no. Yes. Because when the should comes in, I don't have conviction. It doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Like if I have to ask, it doesn't matter. Mm. Now, there are some catalogs that come in. Like there is this, I was going to say this is a confession. This isn't a confession. I have large breasts. And so I have to, there's this catalog that comes in. There's this company called Bravissimo. That yes. is like out of the UK mm-hmm. and it is clothes that are made for women that have larger chests in proportion to the rest of their body because yeah. we're like, do you always have to size up to fit your boobs in a shirt? And mm-hmm. it's like, yes, yeah. and it drives me crazy. So when that catalog comes, I'm like, what have they made for me now? And I open it immediately uh-huh. because I love looking through it because that matters. Like wearing clothes that make me feel good, that matters. Yes. And so even that with the catalog, if you're like not immediately like sort of curious, like mm-hmm. the anthropology magazine, like if you love flipping through the anthropology just for like inspiration purposes, like right. what are they doing now? Do a quick flip, get your high and then put it in the recycling. Like yes. you don't even have to sit with it necessarily. Just like if it matters enough right then, then maybe it does matter. But if it doesn't matter right then, just go ahead and get rid of it. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So brilliant. Yes. Okay. I have one more. Well, I actually have two more zones. If we have time okay. for two more zones. Yeah, we we'll have time. Really sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the third, so we have the time sensitive zone. Yes. We have the recycling zone, yes. which is really just like a permission giving zone. <laughs> things that don't actually matter. Yep. The third zone, it comes if you have children and it is the art zone. Ooh, yeah. Yep. Because there's like all the coloring pages. Okay. Here's what we do is a lot of those like school papers. And I don't mean like things that have a time on them, but you know, a kid's like report that's kind of like sweet. Maybe you want to keep it. And I don't know, whatever. All this stuff that the kids make, you keep it because you're like, I should keep this, right? Yeah. This is like belongs to my kids and it's special. And I remember whatever. Here's what I want to encourage you to do is to create a catch-all for everything sort of art, keepsake, child related. Okay. And make it really enormous. Like I have a basket in our like dining room next to where the kids usually color. And you could fit like a fifth grader in there. Like it is a giant (laughs) basket. Perfect. Yes. And every single time, like whenever we tidy after art or whatever, anything that is paper that the kids made, it just goes straight into the art basket. It goes Mm -hmm. straight in. There's no sorting yet. Because remember we said at the beginning, every single piece of paper, there's a decision attached to every single piece of paper that comes in your house. Yes. Every single one holds a decision. So we want to batch our decision-making. That's the whole point of these zones is you're batching your decision-making. So if you put every single piece of art into that art zone paper, once it's full and it takes us like six months to get full, yeah, like it takes a long time. Once it's full, you pull the whole thing out and then you sort those. And you go, you sort it into like, oh, I think I'd like to keep this. And then into things that are like, no, we're going to recycle this. This is done. And then there might be like stuff that's reusable, you know, like papers that you could use again that Mm -hmm. you can put back into another little basket. That's like, these are the clear papers or this is what you use, art supplies, whatever. And then what happens, Meg, this is the gift of this. Because if you walk past your kid, like coloring something and you're like, that is so pretty. I think that we should keep that. Mm -hmm. And then the next week, like my son went through a phase. It was like a solid six months where he just drew the Mona Lisa every single day. Oh, wow. Like, I'm not even kidding. That's very ambitious. And dozens and dozens (laughs) of the Mona Lisa. Yes. Okay. Now, the gift of this art zone is I go through, I batch it. I batch my decision making on what we're keeping. Mm -hmm. So I am not keeping... 40 Mona Lisa's. Right. I see them all in one place. Yeah. I pick out the three Then I'm like, this is so sweet. And I recycle the rest of them. Yes. And then I'm keeping what actually matters. 
Because the decision, again, the pacing of deciding your kid's paper and their art is so much longer than paying your bills. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So we're just trying to batch the decision making. And if you put your papers in a place that they can just wait, it's just a landing zone until you're ready to deal with them. Mm -hmm. But we have to have different spots for those papers because we're ready at different times. Right. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. That's the third one. Okay. That's the third one. And then the fourth one I'll do really fast. It's called the future zone. And those are like recipes Mm. for magazines that you want to try. And it's like all the things that you're like, oh, this is inspiring. And I want to keep this. Yeah. Just have one place for those things. Just put all those things in one place. And then when you are sick in bed or you're on bed rest or the kids are gone and you like suddenly have nothing to do, which (laughs) does that happen to? Please tell me, yes. Yeah, I know for real. But you're just like, Maybe you're watching Mike Berbiglia's comedy yes. special and you're like, I want to kind of do something with my hands while I'm watching this. Perfect. You get out your future basket or zone or whatever, wherever those papers are, and you start to go through them. You're like, does this matter anymore? Am I really going to make this? Have I thought about this again mm-hmm. or whatever? And if you haven't, get rid of it. And if you have, then put it in a system that already exists, like put it in wherever you keep your recipes or okay. whatever it is and take a picture of it and post it to an Evernote board or a Pinterest board or, right. you know, whatever it may be. And yeah. so you go ahead and decide, again, you're deciding in batches, but you have to create zones for paper because you decide at different rates. Okay. Yes. I really feel like that is the key that unlocks why I just keep failing is because you're absolutely right. I've been treating every piece of paper as if it has equal weight and equal amount of time before it needs to be dealt with all of the things. Yeah. And it wasn't just one catch-all. Like I said, I've got hot spots all around because one fills yeah. up and then I'm like, oh, now I got to go move over here and stack things. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. And so now what you can do is you can pull out, you can sort of tease out from your papers. Like you can create your own zones based on what you need. That's yeah. the thing that I love about thinking this way is that you don't have to create an art zone. Now, if you have kids' papers and you're like, oh, actually that makes a lot of sense, then do that. But right. there might be tons of other kinds of paper. The whole thing is you're putting things that can be decided at the same time in one place. That's all it is. Oh my gosh. Actually, truly genius. I'm going to do this and I will report back whether you want me to or not. (laughs) I'm so, no, I super duper want you to. I'm so excited. So great. Okay, well, before we wrap up, we absolutely need to talk about this book. Okay, so it is called The Lazy Genius Way. It comes out August 11th, is that right? That's right. Okay. Tell us a little bit, like, who did you have in mind as you were writing it? We've kind of covered that, that you're really speaking to giving people permission to pursue what matters and find systems for that. But just tell us where we can find it. Is there any pre-order information? All of the things that we want the awesomes to know about your book. Okay. So I wrote this book really for myself 10 years ago. Okay. I wanted a book that met me where I was and let me live my life the way that I wanted to live it, but still help me live it better. Yes. And so that is what this book is for. Okay. Now in terms of like life stage, like I do, for those awesomes who are familiar with the podcast, because I know that they have come up and Jamie is beloved and all the things. Oh yes. Erin Moon of Mm -hmm. Popcast. She is actually my singular person that I create everything for. Oh, how wonderful. I love that connection. She's that inspiration because that's something that I think really helps in writing and business is like yes. specifics. Like, who is this for? Mm-hmm. And so it's all for Aaron. So if you really like Aaron and you <laughs> like see yourself in Aaron's life, then you're going to super be into this. This book really is what I love about it because it is guiding principles. It really is for anybody mm-hmm. who simply wants to live their life the way, according to what matters to them, the way that like brings them life and joy and like centeredness and wholeheartedness, but just to live it like a little better, to give you some help in creating some of these symptoms to just systems to improve Mm -hmm. how you're already living. Yes. Yes. So So great. I love it so, so much. There is a, I will say there's an Instagram post on my feed at the lazy genius. And it is a photo of just like a big old, like loose stack of books, like a messy stack of my book, the lazy Mm -hmm. genius way. And I put that up there. The caption of that is basically like, hey, if you're on the fence or if you're wondering if this book is for you, like ask your questions or share like who you are and why the book is for you, et cetera. And those comments are incredibly helpful. People are like, I'm single. Will this help me? 
and lots of single women answering, yes, and this is why. I don't have kids. Will this help me? Yes, and this is why. Or no, and this is why. So if you're curious, that is an excellent, excellent post to kind of go to. Yes. It was posted. Let me try to find the date for it just so it's like easier to find. And then the other thing about that, it was posted on three days ago. What does that mean? July 27th. Okay. It was posted on July 27th from when we're recording. Okay. So that's who it's for. Again, it is 13 guiding principles on ways that you can decide things and make your life better the Lazy Genius way. So we already talked about batch it. Things like be kind to yourself, ask the magic question, decide once, go in the right order, put everything in its place. And the beauty of these principles is that they are applicable to any stage of life, any season of life, any personality, because they are principles. They are foundational principles that can be tools to guide you in a direction. They are not rules. They are not hacks. They are not copy my system. Exactly. my system isn't going to work for you. Like we're different people. And so it's just not going to work. Yes. I think I'm so glad that you really emphasize that because I think for people who maybe are not naturally geared towards systems or, you know, whatever, that a book like this might feel like, well, that's not for me, you know, exactly. But for in fill in the blank reason. But I'm so glad that you are emphasizing the fact that it is not a list of rules. It's not this didactic, like you need to do this. It is really helping people just to focus their mindset, which all of us can do, regardless of whether we're naturally, you know, organized or whatever the thing is, like we can all think about our mindset, what matters, and then make decisions that play out from there. So yeah, so good. One of the things that kind of was a guiding light in the beginning was I was like, I want to write a self-help book for people who are really tired of reading self-help books. Yes. Yes. They keep picking them up and it's not working. Like, why is this not working? I want to write a book that works. I will testify that is absolutely where this book lands. I think it is truly for everyone, especially those that are like, I've tried it all. Nothing worked. (laughs) Pick up this one, you guys. It is different and it is so helpful. Yes. Give this a try. I almost, I I pitched tonight when I was, uh, we were trying to like name the book and come up with all that stuff. I had this line. I was like, can we say, can we guarantee that this is the last self-help book you will ever read? (laughs) Can we do that? Is that allowed? And of course that's not true because there's value in so many voices. I'm not the only valued voice out there. That is so crazy. But that's how much I believe in the concept of this book. Yeah. That it really is like, oh, wait, this is going to work for me because it's for you. It's not me trying to force my way onto you. So Mm -hmm. it comes out August 11th. And up until there are pre-order bonuses, which is so fun. So if you order the book anywhere, you can order it from like online, Amazon, your independent bookstore, you can get the like audio book, you can pre-order the Kindle version, like it doesn't matter any of those forms. And then if you go to, if you do that before the 11th, so by August 10th, and then you go to the lazygeniuscollective.com slash book. Okay. There is a place you'll scroll down just a hair. And there's a place that says something like, get your pre-order bonuses or, you know, whatever. Yes. And you will like lug in your order information. So where you bought it, the date and the order number. And then we will send you the complete Lazy Genius digital library, which when it's sold on its own, and I do sell it on its own, it's $112 individually. It's completely free. Wow. It's completely free. So it's like everything I've ever made digitally, you get for free by pre-ordering the book. So it's four resources. The first one is called The Swap, The Lazy Genius Guide to Decluttering for Life. It is an A to Z path through your stuff. It's like an actual like lifelong practice of how to be a declutterer. And it's very, very practical. Yeah. The second one is called The Meal Plan, The Lazy Genius Guide to Happy Dinners at Home. I think I might have fixed meal planning. Like, I really think I might have broken it like in a good way. Like I figured it out. I broke the code. Yes. So that's that resource. Good, good. The third one is called The Holiday Docket, The mm. Lazy Genius Guide to Celebrating Well. And that came from just being stressed out from September to December. Yes. Because everything is happening, mm-hmm. at least in the US with our holidays and the seasons and all the things. And I'm like, I hate when I get to January and I'm like, I'm so glad that's over. Yes, I don't I know. want that to be the case. I know. So the Holiday Docket is a way for you to actually like enjoy what matters about your holiday season and plan it. On so purpose. good, yeah. And then the fourth and final one is a brand new resource and it's called The Clean Slate, The Lazy Genius Guide to Keeping Your Home. And so it's all about oh, kind of approaching cleaning your house and taking care of your stuff 
but it's all through this lazy genius lens. Like there are specifics, there are tips and ideas and mm-hmm. sort of systems that you can try, but they are rooted in these principles. They are rooted in versatility, personal, and all of that. So it's not like, here's another system that I have to follow and fail at. It is something that is incredibly, all of it is so personalized and helps you really name what matters and then make your decisions from there. So great, Kendra. I can't believe that is free when you order the book, you guys. I just pre-ordered the book. That is a good deal right there. Okay, well, before we let you go, remind all of the awesomes where we can find you all of the places around the web. I am on Instagram mostly at The Lazy Genius. Okay. I have a podcast because obviously your listeners are podcast people. Yes. I have a podcast called The Lazy Genius Podcast. It's just me. Yes. Episodes are short. They're around 20 minutes and they're all very, very specific to a certain topic. I actually have an episode on paper, on organizing paper. Yeah. So if you're like, I want to hear a little bit more about that, there's episodes about cleaning the kitchen and shopping at Aldi and friendships, like all kinds of stuff. So I have the Lazy Genius podcast. And then there are some great resources online at thelazygeniuscollective.com slash blog. So great. Kendra, thank you so much for your time. This has been so much fun and super helpful. So I'm so glad. I cannot wait. I am anticipating Vox. I want to tell you because we our only relationship is on Voxer at this Mm -hmm. point. That's like where we primarily communicate. And I'm telling you, if you've got questions, about how to apply these principles to your paper situation, you box me, you let me know. You let me know how it's going because I want to like help empower you in this. I'm very excited about it. As I dig in, you might be sorry that you offered that. (laughs) I will try not to take advantage of it. (laughs) Never, 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 never. It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing to help people figure out stuff that like brings them joy. I love it so much. Oh, it's so great. All right. Well, awesome community. If you have comments or you know, just anything that you want to share about what you took away from this conversation with Kendra, we would love to hear you. And we also just love when you participate in all of our awesome things. So don't forget, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you can get your daily dose of awesome from awesome today. So don't miss out on that. The Sort of Awesome Show is a production of Sort of Awesome Media, the company that is all about helping you find the people that just might change your life. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.